everybody, and welcome back. I am the Bull, and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. If you tuned in last week, I talked about stoicism and leadership, and I shared some of my opinions about how the two intermingle work together. So please go check it out along with my other recordings if you haven't already done so. And of course, please remember to share this out and hit that follow button so you get all of my new content. As for this week, I was thinking about how the end of the year is quickly approaching, and I wanted to share some info for those of you who are into the whole New Year's resolution routine thing I'm about. So today I'm going to go over five stages of change. So let's get into it. Change is, it's important, right? It's a big part of our lives. And while stability is something that we can find comfort in because that means predictable routines, change can improve the quality of our lives because it allows us to reflect on where we currently are and where we hope to be one day. Some changes can be quick and some take a lifetime of work, but regardless of the change, we all want things to be the best that they can be for ourselves and for those we care about, but change can also be overwhelming and scary. It often includes you know, trying something new and maybe completely foreign, and it, there's this fear that comes along with that that can hold us back. Think about it for a second. You know, Change can be like climbing a mountain or life can be like climbing a mountain. We all start at the base level and we hike up the trails trying to reach the mountaintop. Often, It feels like there are paths that we are meant to walk and there are trails that are set by others. You know, when we're kids, it's parents and grandparents and teachers. And as we get older and we get jobs, we got supervisors and bosses and sometimes even our friends. And to a point, that knowledge from others can be extremely comforting and the adventure of the hike is still there. But there's something to be said about breaking off of the known trail and blazing your own path. The hard part and, and the fear can be that because you try a less wandered path that, you know, maybe you're going to get lost or you have that fear of getting lost or maybe you're going to go the wrong direction and have to backtrack and spend more time and energy or you end up climbing a path that's harder for you than other people. I would argue that the best life, though, is lived by those willing to take those chances to see what awaits you. The caveat, of course, would be that if you're deciding to wander off the path, you want to make sure that you're fit mentally and physically for the potential journey and make sure that you have, you know, water, food, backpack with necessities, etc., etc. And basically what I mean is that before you go wandering off on your own and setting your own path, make sure that you have done the prep work so that you don't put yourself in a dangerous position for no real gain or kind of sabotage yourself. And here's what I want to start talking about when it comes to change. Change is that decision to wander off the path and explore, to see, to try new things because they excite you or that maybe they make your life better. Now, maybe they won't, but you won't know until you try. And even if you fail, you've still gained something. You gained experience and experience is invaluable. And it's one of the best sources of power to make changes in your life to ensure that you're living your best life. Now, change itself is defined as to make different, alter or modify. Or the definition that I prefer is to replace with something else, especially something of the same kind that is newer or better. The second description, like I said, is the one that I want to focus on. And the first thing that I want to point out before really diving into it is that the definition includes two words, newer and better. Now, newer is easy to describe because it's based on relevant time, but better is extremely subjective. So I want you to remember that you, the individual, have the ultimate say in what is better for you. I encourage you to learn and decide for yourself what better means and don't just rely on others to necessarily tell you. You can certainly take feedback and get opinions from others and this is this can be really helpful when you're living 
but it's also extremely subjective and it can create a harmful lifestyle. So, you know, be careful with getting those outside perspectives. You want the perspectives that are going to help you commit to positive change. But in the end, it has to be your call. And if you only change for others, I'm hard pressed to say that it'll work. The biggest change for others that like I can imagine is parents who change for the betterment of their children. But that's about it. I would argue that nine out of 10 times, if you change for any reason other than your own internal desires, it either won't stick or it might breed resentment towards that outside influence that ultimately degrades the change and then you end up right back where you started. So this is where I wanna start with the five stages of change. The five stages of change are actually called the trans-theoretical model of change and it was developed in 1983 by James Prochaska and Carlo De Clemente. I hope I got that name right. Uh, originally, it was designed to help with smoking cessation. I actually first came, became aware of the five stages of change when I went into the mental health career field and more so during my time of becoming a, a certified substance counselor. Um, while a lot of people may primarily only think of the stages of change in terms of substance abuse treatment, it is actually applicable in any area involving behavioral change. And that's what I want to actually apply it to is just any kind of change, not just substances. So the five stages of change are pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and management. The stages do go in a cycle uh, or circle, and I've always considered them continuous since we will continue to grow and change throughout our lives. And these stages, if properly utilized, can significantly improve your change outcomes. But you need to understand each step because a lot of times the reason that a change fails it can be linked to a certain step being neglected or not being fully engaged in. So let's start with pre-contemplation. Now, pre-contemplation is when people aren't seriously considering changing anything. They, they don't see a reason to change or they don't see a benefit to change. This is a personal opinion, so grain of salt this. I have always held the belief that in order to facilitate change, you need to do one of two things. You either need to show how changing from the current norm is going to improve something and that something has to be worth the effort or you have to show how not changing will lead to a bad outcome. And that is, and it, the outcome has to be painful enough or detrimental enough to make the change process worth the effort. Either way, you need to show how the change will be worth the effort of doing what needs to be done to make the actual change. If there isn't a benefit of change or a detriment from failing to change, then it is really hard to convince ourselves or others that change needs to occur. And this is why I think some people come up short when they try to change something. They want to change, but they didn't know what the new norm would, should, or could be. And because they lack that vision of their preferred outcome, they didn't have the commitment they needed to help them you know, get through the hard times. Essentially, pre-contemplation is the lack of acknowledgement that something needs to change or more accurately, that a behavior needs to change. It's kind of like the old saying, the first step is admitting there's a problem. Again, this is fairly common with substance abuse, but remember, this can apply to any kind of behavioral change that you want to engage in. So the first step needs to be the effortful reflection of what you want to change. So what is it you want to change? What actual set of behaviors or outcomes are you looking for? What are you currently doing that is preventing the accomplishment of the outcome that you want to achieve? This means that something has to change. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. So I think you need to accept that whatever you want to achieve through change process is because something you're currently doing is preventing that. Basically, to an, uh, to an extent, you're in your own way. And this is why I think some people don't change or can't change or won't change because it requires a little bit of humility to admit that 
you are not in the place or living the life that you want because you are not doing what needs to be done to get you there. And this can easily eat away at people's self-confidence, their ego, their self-worth, and can even threaten their own self-perception, which is very scary. But please remember, your value is up to you to define, not others, and no one is perfect or infallible. So don't be afraid to admit that you know you can be or you can do better or live a better life because you absolutely can. It just might take time and commitment to your future self rather than the addiction to your current self. Pre-contemplation is really important because it forms the bedrock for all of the other stages and you can't make changes or stick to them if you don't know what you want the outcome to be or if you have a clear or if you don't have a clear understanding of why it matters to you. And that brings us to the second step, which is contemplation. So if pre-contemplation is the lack of acknowledgement that change needs to occur, contemplation is when you become aware of what needs to change and you're more aware of the consequences of not changing and you really start getting into the why. A lot of times when people are stuck in the pre-contemplation stage, they either don't, can't, or refuse to think about the changes because they don't think anything needs to change or they lack the desire to change. But contemplation is when you do have those things, but you aren't quite ready to change just yet. So the bulk of this stage is reflection and self-understanding. Uh, like I said, I think this is the why piece because you already have the idea of what through pre-contemplation, but you're lacking a commitment to do it or you're lacking the, the perception of value. A big descriptor of the contemplation stage is a lot of hem-hawing, fence-sitting, the will I, won't, should I, shouldn't I, you know, etc. A lot of pros and cons are weighed, imagining how things could turn out good or bad through changing. And this might take days, weeks, months, or even years, depending on, you know, how significant the change is. A lot of factors go into this. Like, how will this change impact me, my family, my home, my career? And for some, the potential risk to the stability they know or rely on it's just too overpowering to risk, while others, they may have a personality proclivity to embracing that kind of risk. Personality type can play a huge role here, and some people have more of an internal locus of control, and some people have an external locus. And what I mean is, some people believe that they are more in control of their lives, and some put more stock on outside influences. And while I can admit, yeah, there are outside societal factors that influence our lives, I'm personally much more of an internal locus of control guy myself. If you want it bad enough and you're willing to work for it, you can make it happen. So contemplation is just that internal debate about why we think or feel that the change matters. And this is important to later stages because this stage really nails down the motivation or inspiration to change, which is vital during the hardships that change can bring. And it likely will. The whys become the fuel to keep going and not give up. But once you've solidified pre-contemplation and contemplation, now is when you get into the real work. The next stage is uh, preparation. Uh, some people call it determination because this stage is where commitment is put into play and motivation is ignited to begin the actual changing. In the preparation stage, people are usually researching changes that they want to make, seeing what it'll take to make the change, understanding the process to get to their end goal, hopefully also looking out for pitfalls or p uh, potential challenges that they need to be prepared to handle. That way they don't get sucker punched by the unexpected. Again, this is another step that is easy to neglect or undervalue. And sometimes it's because someone has an overinflated sense of ego and they can't imagine anything going wrong. Or sometimes people will self-sabotage by intentionally neglecting the preparation work. It may seem counterintuitive, 
But some people know what they want or need to change, but because of a fear of failing, they will intentionally ignore risks because if they fail, they'll be able to protect their ego or their sense of self by just saying, I didn't really try. And, you know, if they had, then things would have worked out. Like the idea was enough for them to to rely on rather than the reality. Because they held themselves back and they weren't committed to the process, they don't feel as bad and they can just shrug off, you know, not, not getting, um, not succeeding. The same thing can happen when people either can't or won't accept responsibility for themselves and they will blame everything or everyone else rather than their own participation. As far as going back to preparation though, during this stage, people may start taking small, comfortable steps towards the change. So like, let's say you wanna get in better shape or lose weight. So you know the what, now let's say that losing weight is for health reasons. Well, now you have your why. Well, the prep work might be cutting back on soda or taking your lunch to work versus eating out. Small steps that aren't too uncomfortable or intense. It's kind of like dipping your toe in the pool to see if it's cold or not. Along the same thought, this is also the stage that people will test out if they really care about the change. Sometimes the idea of changing is more appealing than the reality of changing. So taking it slow can be a good idea rather than just diving in all the way. I would call this step the uh, the baby step stage. So this happens a lot at the end of the year. Um, they did a study where they showed like how many people go and get like gym memberships at the beginning of the year with you know full commitment. And their idea is if I buy a pass and if I if I subscribe and I, I have a membership and I'm paying money, then it's going to force me to go to the gym. And they basically tried to corner themselves. And the reality is about people, when you corner people, you're probably not gonna get the outcome that you want. And that especially is true when you try to corner yourself. So again, you gotta make sure you're doing it in good steps. Get that pre-contemplation, contemplation, and then the prep work. Once you got the prep work and the baby steps out of the way, you wanna get into the big stuff. And this is where you enter the action stage or what is called the willpower stage. This is the stage where a person really believes that they can change and that the change is a good thing. Action or willpower is where the person is actively engaged. Action is where effortful behaviors are adjusted or eliminated, but this is also the stage with the greatest potential for giving up, quitting, or going back to old, comfortable, predictable things. This is the stage that really relies on how well you did the pre-contemplation and contemplation stages because during the changes, when things are not just hypothetical, that, that's when you need to remember what your what's and why's are to help keep you motivated and moving forward. Willpower and focus on your goals will make or break the process, but don't get discouraged if you slip. Going back to the working out or losing weight scenario. Let's say you're working out and you're doing the good food thing, but you have a bad day or even a bad week and you decide to skip working out or you go get some fast food because it was fast, easy, and frankly, comfy. That doesn't mean you failed and that doesn't mean you should beat yourself up. I started working out a lot when I was uh, deployed a few years ago, and during that initial change, I was working out seven days a week because I had the time and little else to do. Once I came home, I was only able to do about maybe four days or five days a week, and at first, I was pretty hard on myself. Like, I, I thought I was lazy, and I just had to remember that my circumstances when I started weren't the same circumstances when I got home. So I had to adjust my expectations and my goals to something realistic instead of beating myself up. There have even been weeks where I could only do two days. And once or twice, I've even skipped a whole week because I just, I had to reprioritize things. But what matters is that I didn't give up completely, almost coughed there, sorry about that. It's because it's great to have goals and to wanna make changes, but that doesn't mean that your changes are written in stone. 
I would actually recommend doing routine check-ins with yourself to make sure that you are staying in tune with your vision and goals. Over time, the action part can become easier and more comfortable, and it can replace your old habits. Just be aware of relapse or regressing, which is where the last step comes in. Maintenance is the last step, and it is the continuous process of successfully avoiding temptations to return to previous habits. But again, don't get discouraged if you slip up. It's likely going to happen, and what matters is how you handle those slips and prepare for future temptations. Sometimes during the prep stage, you aren't able to predict all of the pitfalls or all of the things that could go wrong, and that's completely normal. But how you integrate those factors moving forward really does make a difference. The more you prepare, the easier future hardships are to handle, and the more likely you are to stick to your goals, whatever they are. Reminding reminding yourself why you started to begin with is a huge motivator, along with rewarding yourself for your hard work, you know, cheat days and stuff. Be proud of yourself. Yes, it can be beneficial to reflect on your slips, but that is different than wailing on yourself for being human and slipping up. Maintenance is also a continuous process of reshaping or adjusting your efforts to stay in line with what you hope to achieve. One thing I've noticed in myself and others is that after some time, you you may reminisce about how things used to be and consider going back and being like, oh, I know I get engaged in this change, but was it really that bad? Oh, I could go back to doing that. And then all of a sudden you've completely regressed and you got to start all over. That happened a couple of times uh, previously in my life when, when I was trying to make working out a routine. I would skip too long and skip too long and skip too long. And then all of a sudden, boom, I completely fell off the track. So there's a difference between slipping and completely regressing. So try to remember why you wanted to change to begin with and what you hope to gain by changing. This reflection piece is just as important as the initial one, and it helps you stay committed and focused on your goals, and it really does help prevent regression. Sometimes, though, regression will occur. And the reality is all you can do is try again, this time with more experience and better expectation of yourself and awareness to help you with the preparation stage. The important thing here, don't give up. Slips are going to happen. You may regress, but keep going, keep moving forward. Use those lessons to motivate you in the future. Change is crucial, and it's a beautiful part of our existence, but it all—it isn't always easy or short. Sometimes it's a lifelong journey up that mountain. And remember, people don't just go climb Everest. If you want to reach the highest peaks, you have to condition yourself for the climb, and we all have different starting points. But we all have the potential within us to make the climb if we just start by daring to see the world as it could be rather than just accept it as it is. And this applies for the world or for our own individual lives. Dare to dream. Imagine what the views from your own mountaintop are going to look like and keep that vision for yourself square in your mind's eye and don't give up. Don't let others tell you you can't do it. Dare to believe in yourself. I was watching a show with an obstacle uh, that was based around obstacle courses and uh, this one guy just blows through the course. Turns out he's a professional mountain climber. And when he got done with the course, you know, the interviewers and stuff, they asked him what the trick was. And you know what he said? He said, you have to attack the mountain. You have to go after it with the intention of conquering it. Well, I think life is the same way. You have to attack your life. You have to conquer your own mountains. But that battle plan has to start from within. So remember the five stages, pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. We can choose to start changing any day we want, but it isn't uncommon for folks to use our calendar as a starting point with the New Year's, so we have three weeks left to think, reflect, and start planning before it's game time. I really believe that if you take these steps 
these stages, it can make a big impact on you achieving your goals for the new year. Just don't give up and don't be afraid to fail. Attack, go, you can do this. Uh, there's a quote about change that I think I wanna leave you with uh, for tonight, and that is, change is painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. I really love this quote because it's so simple yet so true. And the best part is we all have the ultimate choice in deciding who we are, our best authentic selves, and it's through change that we will find that within ourselves and we can bring it to the surface. So that's it for me this week, folks. I, uh, I am sorry to say this will be my last recording for the year. Make sure you hit that follow button. That way you will get notified when I return in January. With the holidays and whatnot coming, I'm going to take some downtime. That way I can come back fresh and ready for the new year. And this will also give you a chance to catch up on any of my sessions if you haven't listened to them yet. So please go check those out on uh, whatever platform you're listening to this one on. Uh, of course, I would appreciate it if you could help the channel by sharing it out. Every download really does help. And of course, as always, thank you so much for hanging out with me. It means a lot for me and it helps keep me going. This is kind of like my own inspiration motivation thing. So with that, I am the Bull. This is See the Bull Ski. Wishing you all a safe and happy holiday season slash new year. And I will check you out next time.